Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. We're going to have to cut them off at the pass. It's high noon for Monday, September 28th, 2020, and I sound like a preacher this morning. No, I don't. That was crazy. I got carried away with myself. I apologize. It was a very, very big weekend for news. And I can't wait to get started on that. But I got distracted with another story right before I came on. So I'm going to tell you about that. But first, if this is your first high noon, go listen to the trailer on the podcast, Get Rooted, to kind of give you the run of how things go around here. And if you guys are recommending the show to your friends, which I hope you are, have them uh, listen to Get Rooted first. I just feel like that's a good introduction to the show. And it kind of tells them, you know, what what is up with the uh, the essay episodes, the titled episodes, which I personally think are the most important, um, especially in understanding the overall viewpoint. So there's that. Follow the podcast at I'm your moderator on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I'm your moderator if you want to support the show. Okay, so this is the story that I saw just before I started recording. I told you guys last week about an email that I received from a San Francisco politician named Matt Haney. And uh, I said that Matt and I used to occasionally chat on uh, Facebook. This is back when I was clearly way more liberal than I am now. But I've gotten two advocacy emails from him in the last week. And this one says, today we are officially launching the Prop L campaign to pass the overpaid executive tax, okay? What they are trying to do is pass Proposition L to tax overpaid overpaid executives. And by the way, they don't define what overpaid is. You are supposed to uh, be a socialist like them and understand that they are just overpaid because they are executives and therefore the rest of the citizens have a right to their money. 
Okay, it doesn't say that they are committing crimes, doing anything illegal, evading taxes or anything. Okay, they have decided that these people are overpaid and therefore San Francisco needs their money. And why do they need their money? Well, of course, they need their money because liberals are terrible at governance and budgeting. And so they've run out of money, as has the state. But why do they say they need the money? To hire, wait for it, healthcare workers. Because you know the scary pandemic. And you know the health workers for the scary pandemic are underpaid. And none of that is a problem because they closed hospitals and made it impossible for people to go to them, thereby causing hospitals to go bankrupt and for people to be furloughed and lose their jobs. Who are those people? Healthcare workers. So none of that is responsible. What is responsible? is the fact that rich people do exist in California, although not for long, because they're all going to leave. All right, I don't want to spend any more time on that, but like, look at this stuff. Look at this stuff. The shameless lying is not even covered at all. There's not even an attempt to cover it. They need money because they are broke and they spend money on terrible things. They waste money by giving it to their friends. This is not like some crazy thing. 40% of the money for HHH goes to consultants. Why do you need consultants? To go around the regulations that you yourself have put into place. That is a giveaway to politicians' friends who then support the politician and keep them in office. This happens on every level. In these Democratic states. And it probably happens in Republican ones too. But we don't hear about it very much. Of course we don't hear about this very much either. Because the media refuses to cover it. Those preparation. uh, Preparation. I was about to say preparation H. (laughs) The proposition HHH money. The the units that were meant to be built. Were supposed to cost a hundred and $40,000 per unit. Now they cost $700,000 plus per unit. Did the consultants get less money? No, they didn't. They got more. This is an example, a very easy to understand example that you can go research yourself and source yourself and see exactly how California politics operates. Okay, I said I wasn't going to spend time on that. And now I'm really not. So the moment you've been waiting for Brian Stelter on Twitter and on television has called the Donald Trump tax bombshell. One of the most important stories of the last five years. And the rest of the show, what I'm going to talk about is how it's not even in the top five stories of the last five days. Okay? So, here we go. The New York Times publishes a big piece about uh, tax documents that they have received of Donald Trump's. And the biggest takeaway in their eyes is that Donald Trump paid $750 in personal tax to the federal government in 2016 and 2017. 
And that is apparently a massive injustice. And the Bernie type people get really, really mad when rich people don't pay what they consider to be enough taxes. Okay. And so this is a national outrage because it's really easy to understand and because people know for themselves that they pay more in tax money than that. Okay. So if you don't know anything about this situation and you don't know anything about how taxes work and you don't know anything about how businesses work, then this is a big deal to you. Okay. And the people talking to you about this issue on Twitter and your friends don't know anything about how taxes work or how businesses work. Okay. When people get mad at this, the first important question to ask them is how much should Donald Trump have paid? And of course, they won't have an answer to that because they don't know because they likely didn't read the story, first of all, first of all. But they also have no idea how Donald Trump's taxes get calculated. The real answer is only if he didn't pay the amount he should have paid, then that is a problem. Okay? But if $750 was the amount he should have paid, and he did so legally, and the accounting was done in accordance with the law, then there is no problem here. And the New York Times didn't suggest there was. They suggested no illegal activity whatsoever. Okay? So, Donald Trump paid the amount of tax that he owed according to the laws that the people getting upset about this wrote. Of course, those aren't the only people getting upset about it. The other people getting upset about it are people who don't know anything on social media. But they also pay in accordance with the laws that those people wrote. And they are focused primarily right now on reelecting those same people. So that seems odd right on its face. You know, if you're concerned with solving problems like you say you are, of course, they're not. They're concerned with getting Donald Trump, okay, which they still have not done for five years. The most hilarious part of the New York Times story is that in the story, they obliterate the notion that Donald Trump is a compromised Russian asset and that the tax returns would prove it. It literally says the opposite in the story. And then you have people like David Frum out there thinking that he's dunking on Trump. I hate that phrase. I really do. The dunking on. It's so Twitter. Um, but that he's, uh, that he's really got Donald Trump dead to rights. That, that sticks more with our, uh, our high noon Western theme. But uh, David Frum is a conspiracy theorist, okay? Like, guys, <laughs> it is so crazy, and I know it's so hard for people to believe, but literally everything these people say and do for the last five years and probably much longer 
is the opposite. And I know how crazy it is to think that, okay? Because they call people that say what I say conspiracy theorists or like we don't know what we're talking about. But I source my information in an open way, okay? And I tell you guys about those sources. This stuff doesn't come from the dark corners of the internet. It comes from properly constructing the narrative that the mainstream media is and is not telling you, okay? They, what they do is they will put out these stories that should be bombshells, but they will pay no attention to them. And then the only people that do pay attention to them are quote unquote right wing or quote unquote conspiracy theorists. But that's not true because all they are doing is collecting the narrative as reported by these same outlets. Okay. It's a matter of focus. And they continue to draw focus away from these stories by focusing on irrelevant ones instead, like this Trump tax thing. No new information was gained last night. They are making a headline out of the $750 thing, and maybe they'll make a news cycle or two out of it. But there's not more there than that. Okay. And Donald Trump is not a bad guy or a cheater or a liar for paying as little tax as he can according to the laws that someone else wrote. And he's particularly not bad at doing this while he is trying to lower people's taxes. Isn't it odd that the people who want to raise everyone's taxes are pointing out that the laws they have constructed prior are benefiting a billionaire more than they're benefiting people in normal communities, in the suburbs, in the cities, people without a lot of money, people that don't pay tax accountants to get them to pay less. And by the way, guys, when I worked in nightlife, I had my own corporation. Why? Because that's how you get hired. You can get hired as an independent contractor. You do not get hired as an employee, okay? Because that changes the liability for the place you are working. And that's an important thing, all right? You know who else has S-Corps and LLCs and fake charities too? Every fucking celebrity actor, director, and producer in Hollywood. All right? All of them have their little production companies. They're called like Make Peace with Film Incorporated. Or like Happy Go Lucky Productions. Shit like that, right? And that helps them avoid paying taxes that they are not responsible to pay based on the laws of the state and the government for the place that they live and for the job that they do.
All right. But who's freaking out the most? All of these people. What would happen? What would happen? If the IRS and the news media started digging into their corporations and charities. Are their accountants all tight and buttoned up? Everything's perfect. Hope so. Right. You think there's not corruption here? You think these people aren't trying to avoid paying taxes that they don't owe or that they can get around? Can we please stop lying about basic morality? And so that is not even in the top five most important stories of this week. The first one is that there is a debate on Tuesday and that this news drop was timed to influence that debate so that Trump has to be asked about it in the debate. And so that an issue was that was settled in 2016 gets dredged right back up into the public consciousness. And then they supply themselves with footage that they can make viral the next day, even though everyone already knows this. Okay, so that's number one. How do you know it was a coordinated drop? Well, because the Lincoln Project and all the other dummies out there had beautifully produced ads that went out right after the news dropped. How does that happen? Did they just scramble their giant production facility and get a beautiful sleek ad out there moments later? Of course not, because that's impossible. If it does not concern you that the media, the supposedly objective media, the fourth estate, if it doesn't bother you that they are coordinating with one side's presidential campaign and are making their news organization an in-kind contribution to that campaign, then you don't give two shits about America. You care about having your personal, and I do mean personal, I mean for your ego, that kind of need, right? You care about having those needs met. You don't care about the country. You don't care about the law and stop pretending you care about Donald Trump's taxes. Okay. This is out there so that it has to be discussed in the debate. They will also roll out stories right before the next two debates and probably one right before the Mike Pence, Kamala Harris debate so that he also gets asked about some nothing scandal like this one. Now, we are, I guess, what, uh, 60 hours, not even 54 hours from, yeah, because it's high noon. Duh. We are, are, I don't know, my math is fucking terrible. It's not two days. It's one day. We are 30 30 hours from the first presidential debate. And so far, as of this recording, Joe Biden is still planning to attend the debate. So we shall see. 
But my goodness, this will be interesting. Okay, so that's that's story one that's bigger than Trump's nothing tax story, right? Story two. Story two is actually story two, three, and four because these are three separate stories that all involve the same thing and they are all extraordinarily important. Important to the level that Watergate does not reach, okay? This is the single greatest scandal In the history of America, this is the single greatest crime against America. Actually, maybe it's second after the uh, Democratic Confederacy trying to uh, secede from the Union to preserve slavery, causing the actual American Civil War. Okay, so we can give that we can give that number one and this will be number two and to review. Okay. What we're going to talk about is the thing that is sometimes called Spygate, the thing that is sometimes called Obamagate, and Hunter Biden's mission in Ukraine. All right. Now, a few weeks ago, by the way, I discovered um, Dan Bongino's podcast. And Dan Bongino is a former Secret Service officer. Okay. He served under Obama. And. He does excellent, excellent, excellent work on this stuff. Like details, as he would say, out the wazoo. I don't, I don't say that because I, 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 I'm just, I don't talk that way, you know. But uh, I like the guy. His information is good. It's well sourced, and uh, his attitude is kind of like mine. So I dig it. Initially, I thought, man, I hate this guy, and then I was like, oh wait, that's me. Maybe I hate myself. Um, I'm just kidding. I love him. He is great on this stuff. So if you guys want to focus more on these particular subjects I'm about to discuss, he is a great source for that and knows way more than me. But here's the gist, okay? Hillary Clinton, Fusion GPS. Hillary Clinton paid Fusion GPS for opposition research on Donald Trump. This produced the Steele dossier. The Steele dossier is that whole document that came out about Trump having all these sordid affairs in Moscow, his real estate corruption, the, the golden showers, the videotape of Trump in the hotel room, all these shady ge- dealings, right? That information was provided to Christopher Steele by a Russian agent, a known Russian agent who was investigated from 2009 to 2011. The FBI knew about this. The Steele dossier was used to get a FISA warrant on Carter Page so that they could spy on the Trump campaign to Hillary Clinton's benefit. All right. Now, everybody's saying, oh, but what Comey and the FBI did was only hurt Hillary Clinton. No. That pain that came to Hillary Clinton was a result of emails that were found on Anthony Weiner's hard drive after Anthony Weiner was arrested and publicly exposed for sending lewd pictures to minors. Okay, they had his computer. Hillary's emails to Huma Abedin, who was Anthony Weiner's wife, 
were on that computer. Those emails matter a whole lot. And the FBI did go back into investigating them, hence the Comey thing. All right. So if you want to still be mad about that, be mad at Hillary and pervert Anthony Weiner. Okay. All right. In December 2016, it was already known that the subsource, Christopher Steele's source, was a threat to national security and had been investigated as such. Okay? So that's the Spygate part, and that's the Hillary Clinton and, of course, Bill Clinton part. All right? They were coordinating with the FBI and CIA to make sure that Donald Trump did not win the election. All right? All of this stuff is out there and proven. I am not making this up. Okay? Now, remember, I talked about this a few weeks ago. Just keep in mind, always keep in mind, that even though it had been announced that Donald Trump had won the 2016 election, Hillary Clinton refused to go concede in front of the crowd that had gathered at her victory party. And so John Podesta walked out on the stage and said, no one is going to be making a statement tonight and we'll have a statement for you tomorrow. What do you think they did that night? They explored options on how they could make sure that Donald Trump did not, in fact, win the election. They were exploring every legal avenue, every possibility where they could challenge the results of the election. That is what they were doing. Let's move to Obamagate. Now, the FBI, having realized that the Steele dossier was sourced from a Russian agent considered a threat to American national security and still wanting to undermine Donald Trump, the FBI, James Comey, they went and briefed Trump during the transition on the Steele dossier. And then leaked the fact that they briefed it to CNN, who then reported it, which put all of that out into public. Okay? All the information on the Steele dossier, remember, Trump got peed on, blah, 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 blah. Okay? And so that briefing then gave it the air of seriousness and reality, even though... They knew that it was fake and that the information came from a known Russian agent. Got it? So, at the same time, January 2017, there was a meeting with Barack Obama, Joe Biden, Susan Rice, James Comey, and Sally Yates. Now, if you're paying attention, if you generally pay attention. You should know all of these names. Sally Yates was the acting U.S. Attorney General 
at the time. Susan Rice was considered to be Joe Biden's running mate. All right. Now, all of them discussed how to handle Michael Flynn. Flynn had been fired by Barack Obama because Flynn didn't agree with Obama's policy regarding the Iran deal. And thank goodness he didn't. But they did not want Michael Flynn to be Donald Trump's national security advisor. Also, at the time, Flynn had a pretty good idea where the Steele dossier came from. These are imminent dangers to Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton, Barack Obama, Sally H., James Comey, Susan Rice, Andrew McCabe, Peter Strzok, Lisa Page. You can go on and on and on and on and on and on. John Brennan, by the way, is the one who's going down more than everybody. Think about how many of these people you see often on CNN, okay? And a lot of this uh, work was accomplished, a lot of this digging and spying was accomplished through what they call national security letters, NSLs, because they can write those and then people don't have to go to a court to have normal warrants and procedures sanctioned by the court, okay? Guess who was responsible for those? Barack Obama, okay? This stuff goes all the way up. This is the greatest crime against America in America's history. Why did they try to get Donald Trump out of office for two years? Why did they impeach him? Why are they trying to undermine him at every single possible turn? This is why, guys, okay? All of this is out there in sources you can read, all right? Now, a bunch of this stuff just became clear in the last uh, week, or at least there was proof added to it, all right? Sidney Powell, Michael Flynn's lawyer, filed once again for Michael Flynn's release. Michael Flynn's release is being held up by a judge named Emmett Sullivan, who was appointed by Barack Obama. I suggest you read Sidney Powell's court filing. It's about 12 or 13 pages long. It's very easy to understand. And it has the texts, the relevant texts from the FBI uh, officials saying things like Trump was right. Talking about how much everyone is scrambling after the Obama meeting to find the information that backs up what they want to do and how they were purchasing professional liability insurance. Okay. Read the text messages, read them. They are there. You can read them for yourself. You don't need to listen to me at all. Likewise, look up the fact that the subsource of the steel dossier was a Russian agent. News outlet doing the best work on this 
and has been for this entire time is the Federalist. In particular, a reporter named Molly Hemingway. All right. Oh, but the Federalist is a right wing outlet. Well, no, it's a conservative outlet. And their work is of higher journalistic quality than what the New York Times produces now. All right. We can't still be in that 2012 mindset of thinking that news outlets are bad because they have a bias one way or another. Sometimes they are not. Sometimes they are still good and their bias is not hidden like it is with the New York Times or like CNN. This is an apple. This is a banana. No, CNN, you're bananas. The Federalist, you can check the claims they make out on your own. And again, I know I've talked about this before. Little way to understand if the sources that you are reading are legitimate and accurate Break down what they're saying claim by claim and see if you can back up each claim individually with open source information. And if you can, you should understand that that writer isn't lying to you. All right. If they make conclusions you disagree with based on the same information, that's fine. If you think that their bias taints it in some material way, that's fine. All good. Make those decisions for yourself. But go back and try to prove each individual claim. And what you'll find is that you can. And when you can, then trust the writer. All right? They are doing their homework. They are doing their job responsibly. Now, story number four. This is the summary of the Senate report on Hunter Biden. All right. This is from hsgac.senate.gov. All right. Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs. That's the committee that produced the report. And here you go. I'm going to read the summary because I want people to understand what this is. All right. I know how easy it is to think that something isn't a big deal because if it was, the news would be covering it. I used to have that thought, all right? Like all the things that I accuse other people of on this podcast, I have certainly done myself before, okay? I have said that clearly since the first episode of Be Reasonable. That is why I know the mindset so well. All right, this is the summary of the report. Findings from the chairman's investigation include in early 2015, Deputy Chief Chief of Mission at the U.S. Embassy in Kiev, Ukraine, George Kent, raised concerns to officials in Vice President Joe Biden's office about the perception of a conflict of interest with respect to Hunter Biden's role on Burisma's board. Kent's concerns went unaddressed, and in September 2016, he emphasized in an email to his colleagues, Furthermore, the presence of Hunter Biden on the Burisma board was very awkward for all U.S. officials pushing an anti-corruption agenda in Ukraine. Now, remember, just days ago, Joe Biden said it didn't matter what Hunter Biden was doing over there, and he didn't need to look into it because he knows that there's no evidence of wrongdoing. That is what Joe Biden said. This is from when he was vice president. He was warned specifically about what he's now denying. Okay, that's number one. 
Number two, in October 2015, senior State Department official Amos Hochstein raised concerns with Vice President Biden, as well as with Hunter Biden, that Hunter Biden's position on Burisma's board enabled Russian disinformation efforts and risked undermining U.S. policy in Ukraine. That's two. That's two out of 10. You understand where this is headed? Hunter Biden was serving on Burisma's board, supposedly consulting on corporate governance and transparency when Burisma owner Mikola Zlachevsky allegedly paid a $7 million bribe to officials serving under Ukraine's prosecutor general, Vitaly Yurema, to shut the case against Zlachevsky. George Kent testified that this bribe occurred in December 2014, seven months after Hunter Biden joined Burisma's board. And after learning about it, he and the resident legal advisor reported this FBI allegation to the FBI. That's three. Here's number four. In addition to the over $4 million paid by Burisma to Hunter Biden and his business partner, Devin Archer, for membership on the board, Hunter, his family, and Archer received millions of dollars from foreign nationals with questionable backgrounds. That's four. Here's five. Devin Archer received $142,300 from Kengis uh, Rakishev of Kazakhstan purportedly for a car the same day Vice President Joe Biden appeared with Ukrainian Prime Minister Arsemi Yesenyuk and addressed Ukrainian legislatures in Kiev regarding Russians act- Russia's actions in Crimea. Got that? Here's six. Hunter Biden received three, a $3.5 million wire transfer from Elena Baterina. Miss Baterina is the wife widow of the former mayor of Moscow. The mayor of Moscow. You wonder if he knows Vladimir Putin? You wonder if they ever talk? Hmm. Mystery. Hunter Biden had bit. This is uh, number seven. I think we're on now. Hunter Biden had business associations with Yi Jianming, Gong Wendong, and other Chinese nationals linked to the communist government and the People's Liberation Army. Those associations resulted in millions of dollars in questionable transactions. Here's number eight. Hunter Biden opened a bank account with Gong Wendong that financed a $100,000 global spending spree with James Biden and Sarah Biden. Here's number nine. I hope I have my numbers right. I'm not going back to check. You guys can laugh if I'm wrong. Hunter Biden also moved millions of dollars from his law firm to James Biden's and Sarah Biden's firm. Upon being questioned about the transaction, Sarah Biden refused to provide supporting documentation and information to more clearly explain the activity. The bank subsequently closed the account. Here's number 10. Hunter Biden paid non-resident women who were nationals of Russia or other European countries, Eastern European countries, who appear to be linked to an Eastern European prostitution or human trafficking ring. That is all in the summary of the official Senate report. 
Okay, that's Ukraine. That is Ukraine. And they impeached Donald Trump for a conversation that they believe constituted a quid pro quo whose goal was to investigate his quote unquote political opponent. Now, why was he framed as a political opponent before they knew that Biden would be the political opponent? Why? How else could they frame it? Donald Trump has an open investigation against large scale corruption against the former vice president and his children, clearly abusing their office and their power for personal financial gain. Joe Biden is making tens of millions of dollars since leaving his role as vice president. How's that? How is that? How is it that all these Democratic politicians and all the corrupt Republican politicians are so goddamn rich after a life in politics? What about Joe Biden's 47 years in office should have made it possible for him to be pulling $16 million in a year? How's that possible? Politician salaries aren't that big. You know what else is funny about the whole tax thing? Donald Trump doesn't take a salary as president. You know how much the the president gets paid? Around $450,000. What's 450,000 times two? 900,000. What's 900,000 times two? 1.8 million. Donald Trump has left $1.8 million in the U.S. Treasury because he did not want to take a salary as president. But you're concerned that he legally paid $750 in tax. Got it. Got it. You're stupid. You're stupid, but got it. You're lying about what you do with your own finances, but got it. You're making a big deal out of nothing because you think this is going to be the thing that finally takes Donald Trump down. Got it. No, this story only matters to stupid people inside and outside the media. The people who aren't stupid and still believe this stuff are either in the old guard institutions in positions of power whose power is threatened by this information, or they are useful idiots in our entertainment community and elsewhere. But back to story number four. Here is the conclusion in the summary. As outlined in Senate Resolution 70, the Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee has the express authority to study or investigate the efficiency and economy of operations of all branches of government, including the possible existence of corruption or unethical practices and conflicts of interest. The Senate Finance Committee has broad jurisdiction over the United States government and the Department of Treasury and the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network which includes oversight jurisdiction over potential financial crimes. This is what is going on here. All of this was known by Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden. You know who else knows that Joe Biden knows this? Everybody, including Barack Obama. So when you hear Trump crowds screaming, lock her up and lock him up, this is why. You know who else should be screaming that? Everybody, literally everybody, because this is the greatest crime perpetrated against the American people in America's history. Aside from 
aside from slavery in the civil civil war. So I got to I got to get better at stating that. But it is certainly far bigger than Watergate. Far, far bigger than Watergate. And that is only four of the stories. Bigger than this tax bombshell. What's the fifth story? The fifth story is the voter fraud thing I keep harping on for a damn good reason. And it's because it's happening. Okay. You guys have to understand universal mail-in balloting is not about ballot access for poor or elderly people. It is not. It is not. It is not. It is a voter fraud scheme. Studies have shown this. There is no shortage of articles about proven voter fraud schemes. They all sound small, right? Here and there. They're all just here and there. A few thousand here, a few hundred here, 10 or 20 here. That is a fundamental misunderstanding of how elections work. Okay? You think, oh, well, you know, there's like 130 million votes. Who cares about 100 here or 1,000 there? It's not a big deal. Yes, it is a big deal. Yes, it is a big deal. You know how much Al Franken won his Senate seat by? A couple hundred votes. You know how it happened? In a review post-election after they had already announced his opponent as the winner, more ballots came in in Minnesota, making Al Franken the winner. And then Democrats took Al Franken out of office on a very thin Me Too scandal. Why? Who knows? But you got to wonder, where's Al Franken been? Why isn't he making news? Why isn't he trying to regain his reputation? Got to wonder. But that's not remotely the big part of this, okay? Races all over the country get turned on 10 votes, 100 votes, 1,000 votes, 10,000 votes. It's not about the millions, guys. It's about the few. A few votes in every district. 100 votes in every district in a state, or 100 votes at every precinct, I should say, in a state with hundreds or thousands of precincts becomes a hell of a lot of fucking votes. And even if it didn't, even if it was only about those precincts, when you're committing voter fraud, you are taking the vote away from everyone who actually casts it and putting it in the hands of activists and a few powerful corrupt people. And so they flip one congressional seat here and two over there and three over there and 10 up in the north and four out west. And then all of a sudden you have states turning real, real blue. Look at California. The state legislature becomes all blue. Then district by district, they become all blue. And then that state legislature passes things that protect people like Gavin Newsom. Or they refuse to challenge his completely corrupt and unconstitutional use of his emergency order over COVID that is still in place after six months. Who is going to hold him accountable when there's no Democratic 
or I mean, Republican officials in the entire state, more or less, because they have all been chased out through voter fraud and can stay that way forever. All right. So the big story that came out conclusively last night, which, by the way, the county's attorney attorney general is now investigating comes from Project Veritas. Now, Project Veritas for many years has been called a conspiracy. It is not one. I don't like the style of journalism that they put out. Okay. They do a lot of hidden camera stuff and it makes it hard for a lot of people to believe them, which is unfortunate because what they are exposing is truth. Their first story where they came to prominence was the acorn thing. If acorn didn't have the problems they exposed, where is acorn? Okay. Acorn was ended after they were exposed. Now, what Project Veritas exposed last night that is only going to grow is that in Ilhan Omar's district in Minnesota, people were being paid to go to the projects and low-income housing and low-income neighborhoods and knock on the doors of seniors and other people to demand they turn over their ballots. And then the person would get paid for giving them the ballots. This is what ballot harvesting is. Okay. They go out, they get hundreds of ballots and then they fill them in the way they want to so they can win elections. This isn't a conspiracy. This is real. Ilhan Omar is caught dead to rights. Do you think she's the only Democrat in the country running this scheme? No, of course she isn't. You can imagine that every politician who's in office like her, and guess who I mean by that? The squad and many other Democrats came to power the same way. By paying people to go take ballots from senior citizens in minority communities and elsewhere. That is one of the most immoral acts you can ever imagine in terms of public corruption. And how do they get away with this? Well, they tell us, of course, they're the party that is best serving the interests of the elderly and of minority voters. And no one challenges it because we're all racist enough to believe that those people are so unable to succeed at living their own lives happily that they need the government's help and specifically Democrats help. So when they, when they rack up these 90 and a hundred percent wins in urban communities and with elderly voters and with the black vote, this is how they do it. That should be infuriating. This is the most racist thing a political party has done since Jim Crow. And how long have they done it for? The whole time? Doesn't it seem odd to you that people like Maxine Waters have been in power forever? The congressman from Compton? Congresswoman, I should say. I know that we have to distinguish now. 
Does she seem like a competent politician with integrity? No, of course she doesn't. Of course she doesn't. She is defended by the same system that puts her in power. And you cannot challenge the things she says or does without being called racist. And because Maxine Waters entertains liberals on MSNBC, she becomes untouchable. This is one of the most corrupt people in the world. You want to talk about black politicians doing the bidding of political politicians and white people in power. There you go. Who is it do you th- that you think Ilhan Omar is serving by harvesting ballots? And guess who's doing it? My guess, as I've said from the beginning, is Black Lives Matter. Why do I guess that? Because those people are so delusional that they can convince themselves that they are doing the country and these quote unquote communities a service by filling their ballots in for them taking away the only voice they have, even if their voice is not wanting to vote because they believe the system is so corrupt because of things exactly like this. All the promises that Democrats make that never, ever, ever get fulfilled, but they know they voted for them and they still didn't get, they still didn't get fulfilled. So why didn't they get fulfilled? And what is the person that comes around to take their ballot going to say when they arrive at that door, yeah, we are working to end the sort of systemic racism that makes it impossible for these policies to get passed to your benefit. I'm sorry. We'll see you in four fucking years. So like I said, five stories bigger than this ridiculous Trump tax story in the last week and the media is not covering them. Why do not believe these people. If you do listen to the three episodes of controlled demolition and you will never, ever believe these people ever again. Why? Because you shouldn't because they're liars because they are corrupt. The whole system is corrupt. This is why you believe Trump is bad. This is why you believe COVID is dangerous to the population at large when it is not. Okay. This stuff could not be more important. Five stories, the debate, the Russian agent that Hillary Clinton paid, the cover up of all this and the undermining of Michael Flynn and the Trump administration. Hunter Biden in Ukraine and Democratic voter fraud. Five stories are bigger than the story that Brian Stelter is trying to say is the biggest story in five years. These people are sick. Your team betrayed you. Walk away. I will be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Listen to more Hopes Fall. Goodbye.
If you like the show, please share it with your friends and give it a five-star rating on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts so new listeners can take your word for it. You can follow the show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at I'm Your Moderator. If you have feedback, you can email heymoderator at imyourmoderator.com or use the hashtag heymoderator on Twitter. If you'd like to support the show, search Be Reasonable on Patreon, where I'll have additional daily-ish segments in a special podcast feed of the show, as well as my writing and audio readings of those articles. You can also go to anchor.fm slash be reasonable and become a supporter there. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Be reasonable. Acting as moderator for tonight's broadcast. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'mYourModerator.substack.com. The merch site is CancelCouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!